What is up, college football fans across the nation? We are two and a half weeks away from the start of the 2022 season. August 27th at 11 a.m., it all fires back up. I can't freaking wait. I just feel like the most depressing times of the year is when college football is not happening. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. You never will. You're listening to another episode of the Run Back Podcast, exclusively presented by the Variety Sports Network. Everybody, we got a brand new website. Go check it out, varietysportsnetwork.com. You're going to be able to find all the content from every creator on the roster, and we are expanding rapidly and growing. We've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's something on there for sure that you will enjoy, so please check it out. Like, share, tweet it out, get the word out, show some love. Pick up some merchandise while you're at it. There's hats, t-shirts, hoodies, cups, mugs, you name it. We got it. And while we're two and a half weeks from the the season starting, we're also two and a half weeks away from me starting to tell the boss no to uh, all the weekend works. You know, I, I can just hear him right now. I can just hear him right now. You know, hey Steve, can uh, can you work this weekend? And I'm just gonna have to respectfully decline. You know, I've got 11 a.m. kickoffs, noon kickoffs, three o'clock, four o'clock prime time. I'm just not gonna have time for that anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, actually, <clears throat> funny story that kind of relates to all of this. So, back whenever I first started my day job and my and my trade, my career path. I got offered my very first weekend, and of course, I started said job in the end of August, and we all know what I just said starts at the end of August every year, and they're like, hey, you know, uh, what do you think about, you know, working this weekend, Saturday, maybe Sunday, you know, they dangle that carrot out there, like time and a half, double time, you know, like certainly they're going to get the new guy. You know, hungry to work, wants to make a name for himself. Certainly, he's going to say yes to the Saturday-Sunday. And uh, I just had to uh, respectfully decline that. And if you're in the trades, you know exactly, exactly what was said next. They go, oh, what do you what do you got going on that's, you know, so important you can't work? And it's like, I got to watch my, uh, got to watch my boys play, you know, 11 a.m. kickoff. And... To say their jaws dropped is not an understatement. They were in complete shock that I turned down a Saturday and Sunday just so I could uh, essentially, not really the Sunday, but if you don't work the Saturday, they don't want to let you work the Sunday because they're not going to give you the double time if you don't want to take the time and a half, which is whatever. I'm fine with that. It didn't go over very well, and I, you know, I heard a lot about it for a long time, and it took a while to get their respect back, but I mean, I finally did. You know, you can't be uh, you can't be mad at someone if 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 you feel like you got to work every weekend and you're in that position, and uh, someone doesn't have to work every weekend. Don't don't be mad at them. It just is what it is. And I respect the guys who work hard and, and put that grind in all the time. You're the man. But uh, yeah, that was a little funny story about uh, I got in the doghouse for some Michigan football and college football back in 2017. It took a while to work out of it, but I definitely did. So, August 27th, season kicks off, 11 a.m. game, Austin P. at Western Kentucky. You got the Governors, you got the Hilltoppers, 
And you got the Hilltoppers walking out of that one with a W all day long. Austin P. the Governors, they're definitely not a pushover. They finished last season 6-5, and five, finished on a three-game win streak. I just don't see them going into Western Kentucky and getting the win. When you look at the Hilltoppers last year, they finished 9-5. and five. Obviously, it's a new year. You still have a lot of that core group of guys together still. They're back. They're hungry. Four of their five losses last year were by one possession or less. You know, like touchdown, field goal, two points. I mean, all games that they very easily could have won. And instead of going nine and five, you're talking 13 and one potentially. And then, then, then they're on the radar. Then they're getting talked about a little bit more on all the major, you know, news and sports outlets. They're a good team. They're on the rise. They air the ball out. They throw it all over the place. I definitely have the Hilltoppers picking the W up in week one. Second game on the slate. This one's a special one. This is two Big Ten teams playing in week one. Not Doesn't happen very often. And what makes this one special is they're playing overseas in Dublin, Ireland. First time I've seen this. It could have happened before, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Dublin, Ireland. They're going to play host to the Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Northwestern Wildcats. I definitely, definitely see the Nebraska Cornhuskers taking care of business, starting off 1-0 for their head coach, Scott Frost, who up until this point, guys, let's just be honest, he has struggled and he has struggled mightily there he he was at UCF great year Nebraska comes calling the alma mater they're like we've found our savior we can get this guy to come lead us back to the promised land they go all in on him didn't go how they anticipated you know he's had a really rough go there but last year much like Western Kentucky all of their losses were one possession football games. Like they were in all of those games. That's how close they were to having their first breakout year under Scott Frost. Absolutely happens this year. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win the Big Ten because they're not. But I absolutely believe Nebraska reaches a bowl game. They win six football games this year. They even go, I think they go over 500. They'll get that seventh win which is crazy. They got a new quarterback coming in. He's a transfer. Martinez is out. A lot of people coined Martinez their their last starting quarterback. He he fumbled the ball and he turned the ball over a lot. When you when you break it down, he turned the ball over a lot. Key situations, interceptions, key situations, fumbles. You know, he tried doing a little bit too much. And it hurt him. It hurt him bad. And that was that was a big – they shot themselves in the foot a lot last season and the season prior to that. But they're hoping this year things are different. It will be different. Nebraska goes into Dublin, Ireland in front of a hopefully sold-out crowd there, bring exposure to the college football game, those two big prestigious brands, Big Ten football. They're going to they're gonna have some eyeballs on them. Northwestern – Really has to prove it to me. I don't have a lot of stock in them this year. Their offense was horrible last year. They need to find 
their true starting quarterback and really give him the keys to the offense, really let him establish himself and get in a rhythm and groove because that's going to be the best shot they have going forward in this season to, you know, to make some noise. I'll never write Pat Fitzgerald off. He's shown at Northwestern he can win football games. But he's got to show me. I'm from Missouri. Show me. You know, I, I don't see it. He lost a couple key defenders to the transfer portal one way or another. You know, name, image, likeness deals, drawing them away, a.k.a. I'll pay you to come here. Or they just wanted to go somewhere where they could win some more football games, be on a, a bigger national stage. Whatever, what, For whatever reason, he lost a couple key defenders this year to the transfer portal. That's definitely going to hurt them. They're not going to have the best year, in my opinion. So, I got Nebraska coming in there, picking up the W. Next up, you have the Idaho State Bengals at the UNLV Rebels. The Bengals were 1-10 last year. We don't need to even divulge into that. That's a horrible year. For whatever reason, they didn't click. They weren't gelling, whether it's a talent issue, a coaching issue, a whatever it is issue. There's an issue at 1-10. That's like as bad as my high school football team was. And, I mean, God, God, I just had a horrible flashback to all those games. Anyway, we're not talking about that. So they're at the UNLV Rebels. UNLV also had a really bad year last year. They went 2-10. I'm just going to roll the dice on this one. I'm going to give this game to the Rebels since they're at home. Hopefully they got a nice crowd there cheering them on. With a record like 2-10 last year, I know how fan bases are super, super uh, – I don't know the word I'm looking for. Wishy-washy, I guess, you know. They might not have that sold-out crowd they need there, but they're going to have home field advantage, home facilities. I think they walk out of that one 1-0, kick their season off halfway to where they were at last year just one weekend. As unimpressive as that is, I think the, the Rebels win that one for sure. Next up, you've got... The UConn Huskies at the Utah State Aggies. This is an absolute no-brainer to me. Utah State is going to lay the wood. I I think they are. Jim Mora is now the full-time head coach for the UConn Huskies. He has a big dream for that school. You know, he wants to to make them an absolute powerhouse. He wants them... I think I read an article. He wants them to join the ACC. They are the only Division I school there. And, you know, Jim Mora, he has an NFL pedigree. He has college coaching experience. He has a wealth of football knowledge. They gave him, you know, for a small school, they paid him $1.5 million with uh, up to $200,000 a year in performance bonuses. So he can max that out at $1.7 million a year. It's pretty good money, if you ask me. More, more than I'll make in a year uh, for a while, if ever. But uh, I just don't see UConn taking out the Aggies. I got to go at Utah State. They're going to start this off 1-0. Another interesting game after that, you have the Wyoming Cowboys at the Illinois Fighting Illini. Brett Bielema, head coach of... The Illinois Fighting Illini, you know, he's got another year there. He is, if you you know Brett Bielema and you watch Big Ten football, he had 
Wisconsin Badgers rolling there for a while. I mean, he went to three straight Rose Bowls, and he did it with those big guys up front. He got those big old boys, and they just great running backs, great linemen, and they just ran the ball right down your throat. Year after year after year. You knew what they were going to do. You knew absolutely they were going to line up with those big old boys, and they were going to run the ball at you over and over and over like a battering ram and just wear you down, and it worked. It worked. Brett Bielema, he's going to try and bring that to Illinois. He's going to have a slightly tougher time getting that program back up and rolling. Lovey Smith, the the, uh, prior head coach, I'm a fan of Lovey Smith, but he just – he never – Never got the recruiting taken off the ground. He never had that dominant year ever there. And, I mean, it's it's Illinois. And in football, they just haven't been a power in a while. And he just wasn't getting the job done. They moved on from him. They went to Brett Bielema. Now he's trying to implement that same style as Wisconsin. A little bit of pass obviously mixed in there. He didn't give up. He doesn't just, just run the ball. But it's absolutely the predominant part of his offense his team running the ball he's trying to recruit those bigger offensive linemen there he's going to get them just because of the fact that hey look at what i've done in the past look at how many linemen i've sent to the nfl look how many running backs i've sent to the nfl look at them today they're still there they're still starting they're still performing well he'll get that program off the ground wyoming coming in still not a slouch team they're about a 500 ball club last year, I believe. I just don't think they're going to come in and get the job done. I have to go Big Ten. I have to go Illinois in week one there. They're going to get the dub. Brett Bielema is going to feel good. That squad's going to feel good going into the next week, getting that one off their back. After that, the first 7 p.m. game of the year, you got the Florida State Seminoles hosting the Duquesne Dukes, I definitely, obviously got to go with the Florida State Seminoles on this one. You know, Mike Norvell, since he's came over from Memphis, he struggled to get those signature wins. This this isn't going to be a signature win. This is just going to be a flat-out beating. I think they handle business. I think uh, even with the down years that Florida State has had recently, they still have obviously recruited at a far higher level than Duquesne has. And I think that uh, they're going to handle business. Boy, I got to tell you guys, Travis Hunter, the number one overall player in the 2022 class, who for the longest time was a lock to go to Florida State, he is absolutely dominating people. All the footage I've seen, he spurned Florida State on National Signing Day, like I mentioned in the last episode, he signed with Deion Sanders in Jackson State. He is down there. He's going to play both ways, wide receiver and cornerback. He is making freak plays. Freak plays. They can't cover him. They can't get a ball by him. He is going to be an absolute superstar at that school. I really wish, deep down, I respect his decision. I'm, I, I support his decision. He's a, he's a great young man of all the interviews I've seen of him. He's got a good head on his shoulders. But I really wish I could have seen him play premium 
D1 football for a Power 5 conference. See, see him play against, you know, just slightly better talent level than where he is down at. And I'm not knocking those guys at all, but come on. SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, the talent levels in those conferences is just, there's a reason they're the Power 5. And I wish I could have seen him play. Florida State really needed a guy like him to help turn the program back around. Mike Norvell really needed him, and uh, he lost him. I, that, was, that was, to me, the most shocking, by far, the most shocking thing of this offseason coming to player commitments, minus all you know the Big Ten expansion and then the, and the name, image, and likeness deals and the coaches trading places. Travis Hunter doing what he did on National Signing Day was extremely crazy, unpredicted, and um, yeah, I wish I could have seen him honestly play at Florida State. They need him. But they're going to handle things in week one. They're going to start off 1-0. Mike Norvell and his squad need that uh, going forward. Staying in Florida, next up you have the Florida Atlantic Owls at the Charlotte Miners. Now, they play every year. They played the previous year, and FAU dominated. Absolutely dominated. 38-9 to was the final score. I don't care what team you are in this nation, you will gladly take a 38-9 to victory against anybody any day. And I'm rolling with the Owls again in this one. They're going to handle business. They're going to take out the Charlotte Miners again. Not the year for Charlotte to knock off FAU. They will start off 1-0. Then you have another ACC school. Second ACC school playing on opening day. I say opening day. You know what I mean. August 27th, the inaugural day, the college football kickoff. You have... The North Carolina Tar Heels, Mac Brown, he had them playing. He definitely has lost some talent. He's lost multiple running backs to the NFL. He lost Sam Howell, his starting quarterback, to the NFL. But I still think at the end of the day, I didn't even tell you who they're playing. They're hosting the Florida A&M Rattlers of the SWAC, a historic HBCU school who they're honestly no slouch. They went 9-3 and last year. You know, they're they're pretty good for the division and, and where they play. I don't think they're going to knock off the Tar Heroes of the ACC. If they do, crazy, but I'm not picking them. I got the Tar Heels winning this game. Mac Brown has so much experience. He's going to have a game plan ready. They're going to walk away with that one. Next up, you got a pair of Texas schools facing off. You got the North Texas Mean Green at the University of Texas El Paso in a rematch once again of 2021, where the Mean Green barely walked away with the win. This year, history does not repeat itself. I have the Miners pulling this one out. It's going to be a very close game. UTEP plays at home this time. Home field advantage is huge. That's honest to God why I'm giving them the bump on this one. I'm rolling UTEP in week one. Next up, we have the very first SEC school playing, and it is the Vanderbilt Commodores as they travel all the way to Hawaii to take on the Rainbow Warriors. Now, this one, 
this one I, I'm you know I'm up in the air on like I obviously just want to instantly say the Vanderbilt Commodores simply because they're an SEC school they recruited a high higher level than I would say Hawaii does they definitely don't recruit at a high level when you're talking SEC standards but I just don't think I, I am gonna roll with them I take the Commodores they're gonna go out there they're gonna handle business I definitely don't think it's a blowout. Hawaii's going to play very inspired football. They're going to be there in front of their home home fans. They're passionate out there. They've got some big old boys, some big old Samoans on that team. They're not just going to get walked all over, but I don't think they're going to beat Vandy. I got to roll Vandy. SEC is going to go 1-0 in the first week. Barely. In the last game of the opening Week Nevada at New Mexico State. I just think the Wolfpack going on the road. They're going to handle business. They're going to win that one by at least 10 points. New Mexico State, even though they're at home, they're not going to have the juice to stop the Wolfpack, who always tend to come out and have a high-powered offense. And that offense is going to carry them to the victory there. There's all your opening games, all my predictions. Let's hope uh let's hope I go undefeated. I'll be doing this every week for all the big time games. Obviously when the season fully fully kicks off, there's going to be way more than 11 games going on, but I definitely think definitely think I'm going to go undefeated right there running that down. There's a couple of them that are fringe games, but I'll take those odds. We'll see. I take wins and I take losses. It is what it is. Uh, so the coaches poll, coaches poll got released. The first coaches poll of 2022 has come out. And mm, kind of what you'd expect, kind of definitely have some schools I wouldn't expect as high as they are. But these guys obviously know what they're I mean, these are the coaches. These guys do this every day. They live, eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff. So let's kick it off. 2022 first coaches pull college football. Number one. Aren't they number one every year? Do I even got to say the name? But I'm going to have to say it because that's what this is. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban and his, his Tide voted the number one team in the nation coming in. It's funny. Uh... Recently, he even coined it a last year when they lost in the national championship. He said it was a rebuild year. Let me just let that sink in. That's how high the bar is set at that program. They are the best of the freaking best. Look at their recruiting classes. Look at how many look at how many head coaches Nick Saban has made. If you're an assistant on his staff, chances are you've got a really good chance of getting a head coach job somewhere. He is the granddaddy of the SEC, and he will forever be the granddaddy of the SEC. They're going to have statues of this guy. He's going to be an immortal freaking legend. Alabama, number one. Coming in at number two. And actually, back back to Alabama. Look at the look at who they bring back on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, he's back. If you you think he's going to take a step back, absolutely not. He's going to progress and get better. He's a heavy favorite 
to repeat for Heisman. There's a couple other guys in there that, that were there last year, one in particular who I'm going to mention next at that school down south I don't like. He's going to be there too. But Bryce Young, he's got a really good chance at winning back-to-back -back Heisman trophies. He has a chance of, of winning uh, a national championship that he came short of last year. And on the other side of the ball, they bring back Will Anderson, the defensive end who is going to be the best defensive player in all of college football. If last, last season was, was any uh, indication of, of what we're going to see going forward, this guy is, is an animal, and he's only going to pick up right where he left off. He is going to be in the running for the Heisman Trophy as a defender. He's going to go on that ballot, absolutely. Alabama will have an, two people on the ballot easily. Number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Every year, they're there. They're a blue blood. Ryan Day, obviously, he's got them rolling. C.J. Stroud's back. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba's back. Uh, the running back, Henderson's back. Uh, they're, they're loaded on offense. That defense is supposed to be much improved this season. They're still young. They have a new defensive coordinator coming in. I'm interested to see how are those recruits are going to fit his system because obviously they got recruited to play in the last coordinator's system. But when you got so much four- and five-star talent, those guys are so good. They're so smart. They will be able to adapt to any system. It's just how fast can they learn it and gel because they don't have very much time to fool around as they play the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in week one. That is is going to be an absolute huge game that I can't wait to watch. But number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes with C.J. Stroud, another heavy Heisman favorite. He's going to be right there with Bryce Young. Those guys are probably going to go 1-2 pending any injuries. I give, I give the respect to that school when I got to give them the respect, and they're good. They're, they, they have my respect. I just can't root for them. You know, it's just not in me. But number three, the Georgia Bulldogs, defending national champions. Kirby Smart, you know, he, he's he got another powerhouse there. They just signed him to that record-breaking deal. He is the highest-paid college coach in the game, and rightfully so. He's earned it. That school has earned it. He's pumped out draft picks. The SEC in general has pumped out draft picks like crazy. They're going to be very good again. It's going to be Georgia-Alabama again playing for the SEC championship game, repeat of 2021. I think, as much as I still don't like to say this, I definitely think Saban takes that crown back. I think Saban beats them in the championship game, and he beats them if there's another rematch. I don't see him losing to Georgia again. I'm not knocking Georgia. I just think I have that much faith and confidence in Nick Saban. He's... He's the freaking goat, and uh, he doesn't like losing more than anybody else on the face of the planet. So you know he's got those games circled. He's gonna have his boys ready to roll, literally roll tide. Number four, the Clemson Tigers. This one's interesting. A lot of people don't think Clemson should be coaches poll rank number four, but I kind of disagree. They started last year. Uh, they played Georgia. Their offense was really stale. DJ Ulua, I, I, four episodes in a row, I can't say his name. 
he's back. He's a stud. You know, another year under his belt. This offense is going to be dynamite. They did lose both of their coordinators, offensive and defensive. The big one was the defensive coordinator, as Bruce Venables had been there for a long time. But he's gone. Clemson, they're on a mission. They want that respect back. They want the world to know they're still there. They're still the premier talent in the ACC. And uh, keep an eye on the Clemson Tigers. I, I have them making a run. Number five, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the independent powerhouse that just refuses to join the Big Ten because they want to get all this money. They want $75 million a year on their TV deal, and if they get it, they'll stay independent. But are they going to get it? Probably not. But, you know, I'll never say never. They have such a big brand. It's worldwide. They've got so much alumni. It's a private institution. Notre Dame is either going to go up in week two or they're going to go straight down. And that's the same for Ohio State because, like I mentioned, they play each other in week one. That is by far the game I want to see. I definitely have, like I've said numerous times, rolling with Notre Dame. Sean Freeman, go in there. Let's get the job done. Make up for that bowl game blunder you had that you should have dominated with the superior talent and you, you were up two scores and you, you your boys kind of dropped the ball. But – Go Irish. Week one, take out the Buckeyes, please. <laughs> Number six, my boys, the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh. You know, I, I know I'm just a big fan of them, but I think they're being rode off, and I don't know why they're being rode off. Everyone's like, oh, they lost, they lost their running back, and they lost their defensive end, and it's like, let's look at the running back situation. Last year... It was a three-headed monster. Really a two-headed monster, but there was a third back there nipping at their heels. Five-star Donovan Edwards. This guy's got the chance to be an absolute superstar. Blake Corum, he's back. He nearly had 1,000 yards last year before he hurt his ankle. Yeah, Hassan Haskins was the workhorse. He got the majority of the, of the handoffs. He got drafted in the fourth round by the Tennessee Titans. That was just one of the three dynamite running backs they had. Two of them are back. You think they're going to fall off. Yeah, the skill set is a little different. You know, Hassan Haskins brought the power. He would deliver the hit and run right through you. Blake Corum, while he is tough, he's a smaller, undersized back with a lot of speed. Donovan Edwards, he's a, he's a hybrid. He's got power. He's got speed, but he's a great ball catcher out of the backfield. You can swing him out. He can run routes, and he even can show he can throw the ball. He can he can surprise you and throw the ball on, on the money. Super talented. Corm and Edwards, they're beasts. Both quarterbacks are back. They're in an intense quarterback competition. Nine of the 11 offensive starters are back. Nine of the 11 offensive starters are back. Do you think they're going to fall off? Absolutely. They're going to – no. No, they're going to be really good. The question mark, though, obviously, is that defense. They lost both defensive ends to the NFL, one to the Baltimore Ravens, one to the Detroit Lions. But they've recruited at a very high level. 
You don't think those guys who who didn't get a play last year because they, they just weren't good enough to beat out Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo aren't hungry? They're absolutely hungry, and it's their shot now, and they're going to make the best of it. That's the question mark on this team. Can the defense continue where it left off? New defensive coordinator in town. He's going to keep the same scheme for the most part, so there's not going to be a whole relearning process. But my boys at six... I like it. They're only going to go up from there. Number seven, Texas A&M, that Aggies in SEC country. So the SEC was able to lock down three of the top ten on the coaches' poll, with Alabama at one, Georgia at three, and A&M at seven. As I've stated before, A&M brought in that record-breaking, historic recruiting class, highest composite rating ever, Um in a way, they're struggling in in the 23 recruiting. I think last time I just looked, they were somewhere around like the 50th class right now. And that's way too early. Things are obviously going to change. Kids decommit. They, they commit. 2023, nobody has signed national letter of intent yet. Nobody. Uh, not until signing day. So the ones that are com- committed in, in air quotes, they just are a verbal commit. All it takes is, you know, one thing, and they're going to reopen their commitment. So until signing day, Texas A&M still has a chance to bring that class back. They're going to be very good, though, going forward. I don't think this season they challenge Alabama and Georgia. I could be wrong. Crazier things have absolutely happened. It's next year. Watch out for them. They they're going to be there. They're going to be right there. With the talent they have, if it doesn't transfer out, the Aggies, the 12th man, that place is going to get crazy. Number eight. This one kind of did surprise me, but, you know, they they were Pac-12 champions last year. Number eight, the Utah Utes. I just didn't think... They would crack the top 10 the way they did. The only Pac-12 school that did make the top 10. The Big 10 got two schools, Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, SEC, three schools, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. Pac-12, one school, the Utah Utes, the independent Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Haven't got to the rest, so I ain't going to say it. But Utah, you know, they battled hard in that bowl game it was a it was a very back and forth game with the Buckeyes and I mean I I remember watching that game and I'm positive three touchdowns were scored back to back to back Utah scored OSU scored Utah scored OSU almost scored I mean that game had offense through the roof and it came down to the very end and Utah had a very legitimate shot at winning that game till their starting quarterback got taken down in the fourth quarter and the backup had to come in. He had a very valiant effort. Like I said, he almost got them. He almost beat the Buckeyes. They they were there. They had the Buckeyes starting the game off, but that talent at that school's deep. They started to play. Uh but Utah, they landed up at number eight on the coaches' poll. Maybe uh, maybe they go on and repeat as the Pac-12 champions. We're just going to have to uh, wait and see. Number nine, 
the Oklahoma Sooners of the Big 12, soon to be departing for the SEC, I believe, in the 2024 season. Bruce Venables, you know, first-year head coach, all transfer quarterbacks on the roster. Apparently, they're, you know, their uh, strength and conditioning program has been very good. A lot of players are slimming down and, and bulking up where they need it. Uh, Big 12 made the list in the top 10 twice. They actually have the next two schools. They got 9, 10, and 11 on the on the power rankings here on the, on the coaches poll. You know, I feel like as a, as a traditional college football fan, college football thrives when you have the dominant blue bloods like your Oklahoma's, your Texas's, you know, uh, those the, the, the schools that play the super storied rivalries. Like, fans live for that stuff. Those players live. They grow up dreaming of playing in those games. And uh, I'd like to see Oklahoma uh, kind of take off right where Lincoln Riley had him before he bolted to South Cal- uh, California. Um, I don't know what to think of Oklahoma. Their 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 roster's loaded, but like I said, three transfer quarterbacks in. Uh, UCF's uh, ex starting quarterback uh, Gabriel, I believe, will be their starter. But uh, Bruce Venables, being a first year head coach and uh, all new coaching staff, essentially there for the players. I'm going to be interested to see how they respond to that. Number ten, the Baylor Bears. Big 12 cracks the list, top 10. They got two schools in there. Uh, Baylor had a very, very good season last year. They finished the season 12-2. and They beat the seventh-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys at the time. They beat the Ole Miss Rebels in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, they were hot at the end of the year, which was kind of surprising. Baylor, I didn't anticipate them to have the year that they had last year, and now... Uh, going forward, are they going to be able to repeat? Are they going to be able to pick up where they left off? That's the real question here. Uh, are they going to answer? Are they going to bring the heat? Are they going to answer the call and uh, repeat like that? Are they going to win the Big 12? Uh, are they, they going to be the dominant school in the state of Texas again? Because, I mean, sorry, Longhorn fans, but 5-7, and seven, you were not the dominant school there. Baylor, five by far and above, was the flagship program last year in the state of Texas. Number 11, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They had a really great running back last year. They had a really high-powered offense. I always feel like Gundy has a good team there. Like, they're not loaded down with a bunch of four- and five-star talent. When you look at the recruiting profiles of of all the guys they have on their roster, they're just loaded with three-star good old boys who, who Gundy is able to coach up, elevate, elevate them, take them to the next level, and they play hard for him. Every year, it just seems like the Cowboys are, are playing spoiler to somebody. Like they, they either take out an undefeated school or they're just a really tough out for a lot of teams. Um, that's just Gundy football. It's what he's been doing. It's what he's going to keep doing. Um, Big 12, after, after those programs leave, they're going to be the one of the flagships there. They're already they're already right there, but number twelve, the Oregon Ducks. 
This one, interesting again. New new head coach, ex-defensive coordinator from the Georgia Bulldogs, who uh, actually has to play Georgia this year. And Kirby Smart laughed and was like, I'm not even worried about him. He's not even on my radar right now because he knows. He knows they are going to smack the Oregon Ducks when they play. No disrespect to Oregon. They just haven't recruited the level Georgia has. They don't have that pedigree that Georgia has. First-year head coaches, eh, got to see what they do. I mean, I'm interested. I know they're going to wear a, a bunch of cool outfits. I know Nike throws the swag gear at them every They got like, what, eight, nine different uniforms a season? Helmets, shoes, you, you name it, they get it all. But uh, Oregon places in at number 12. 13, the NC State Wolfpack of the ACC. They made this list all the way up at 13. Surprised me. They're a good squad. They're always steady. I didn't anticipate them falling at 13 on the list, but here they are. Um, They're going to need to bring it this year. 14, the Michigan State Spartans. You know, another team I can't stand. Um, no, I'm just playing. They're they're good. They're healthy. You know, when your rivals are good, that's just good for your school. You know, um, yeah, they they've kind of gotten the best of of my team the last few years, but uh, that's all going to change. You know, I think that uh, we're, we're going to find out. Mel Tucker super utilized the transfer portal. Um, that's how he's building this program. His recruiting is really taking off as well. He's getting some high four-star four-star recruits. He's in the running for some for some monsters too, which which blew my mind. And, and we're talking guys from California, not from Michigan. He's he's recruiting hard a, across the United States right now. Uh, really really good on defense. He's he's going after some high-profile defensive ends, and uh, if he can nab them up, watch out for them. The Spartans are you know, they're all in right now. They're all in on Mel Tucker. They're trying to build those facilities up. Uh, they're tired of being little brother. They're trying to they're trying to knock out Big Brother year after year after year. And uh, gotta say, you know, they they've, they've done a good job. Unfortunately, the last few years of doing that. Rounding out the top fifteen, you have the USC Trojans. This one, they're fifteen for for these these reasons right here. Lincoln Riley's their new head coach. They took Caleb Williams with them. He got Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh, the Blitkinoff winner. Because this team won four football games last year. Four football games. And they're 15th overall in the coaches' poll because Lincoln Riley is that much of a winner. He's going to turn them around really quick there. Uh, Being able to get that quarterback-wide receiver combo through the transfer portal... My God, that's like winning the Powerball and the and the whatever the Mega Millions. It's like hitting them both at the same time. That's a jackpot. On top, the deal he got, uh, the private jet all the time. He he's got it made there. But uh, USC for a team that finished with four wins last year, to have them at fifteen, that's high. But I mean, he's gonna produce there. Lincoln Riley's gonna win. He is a freaking winner. I'm going to stop the list at the top 15 right there. Um, I will throw one thing in, in that I read. Uh, I didn't I didn't look too deep into this, but I read it through multiple things. Uh, somebody, some coach out there, gave the Texas Longhorns a vote for the best team in football. 
And it's clearly a troll move because they finished 5-7. and seven. Somebody's playing with Steve Sarkeesian. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, there's no reason that school shouldn't be a top three program. Look at the state of Texas and the recruits that leave that state. But uh, that's the problem for the University of Texas. Those recruits are leaving the state. You, they got to lock those guys down. They lock those guys down. Texas football's back. Uh, going back, a little off subject, but not, but not really. When you go back to when USC and Texas played each other in the national championship game, Pete Carroll was the head coach. Mac Brown was the head coach uh, for Texas. When you look at those rosters, USC was loaded with all California players. And if and if they weren't from California, they were a really high five-star, super high four-star player. They were like phenoms across the nation. Pete Carroll didn't go outside of California to recruit kids unless you were the cream of the crop. And he tended to get them because at the time they were on top of the world. And same goes for Texas. Mac Brown's team was loaded with Texas recruits. I mean, California, Texas, Florida, where's the three hottest beds for, for talent? There you are. Those three states are it, and it, it's a proven formula. If you can lock down the state, if you are a head coach at a premier institution in one of those three states and you can keep the talent at home, you are going to be good. It's proven. It's proven. It's just lately – They've been losing these recruits. You know, the Gators have lost uh, talent out of Florida. The, the Seminoles have lost talent out of Florida. The Hurricanes have lost talent out of Florida. That, those, those programs can't afford that. The Longhorns, uh, they've lost people. The Aggies have, had, have done the best recruiting Texas. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you recruit those states and you keep those kids home, you're going to dominate. So there you have it. The first 11 games of the 2022 college football season, two and a half weeks away. There's your first coaches poll of 2022, at least the top 15 for you. I cut it off there because the list is 25, and I've been hitting you with lists hard in the last few episodes. But, I mean, it's the preseason, and it's, it's pretty much it's all it is. It's, it's transfer portal, new list preseason predictions like we're almost there we're almost to the hot stuff so thank you runback nation like comment share support tweet do whatever you got to do let's keep building this snowball into a giant uh, variety sports network check them out check the new website out uh, check out the sponsors they're listed on the website show them love show them support Everybody, let's tell Saf we need some runback gear on the website. I was told it's in the works. Let's see it. I can't wait to cop it. I hope uh, friends and family and everyone else who tunes in likes it. Uh, jump on the merchandise. Help support us, guys. It means a lot. It means a lot to all of us. So until next time, guys, I'm going to steal a quote from Bo Schembechler. Shem- oh, I, I butchered that. Bo Schembechler. Attack every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, and life will be great. Have a good one, guys. Runback Nation, thank you.